Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas odds maker. And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence. And now, let's get it on. Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread as we come down the final stretch drive run of the 2020 NFL football season with the College Football Conference Championship game set to kick off this weekend. And who knows, the College Bowl game's right behind them. And with that, I want to welcome our co-host, Victor King, into the show. Victor, I hope you had a good week last week. And I know the totals tip sheet had a good week last week. I know you're looking forward to more of the same this week. Right. Profitable week with our King Creole selections. Totals tip sheet went 3-1. and one. Tuco continues his magnificent run. No sophomore jinx for last year's uh, Rookie Handicapper of the Year. And a good weekend for Mark as well. I know we lost the five-star. We dropped it. But Mark won every other game last weekend, including a perfect 3-0 on Saturday in college football. Uh, Troy, Wyoming, San Diego State. So uh, we'll take it. We're grinding every day. Every hour is basically a grind in this business. But we love what we're doing, man. Yeah, we sure do, Victor. It's uh, nice to be able to talk about football when it looked like for the longest time that wasn't going to be the case although some of these games are being shortened by the COVID and the seasons are uh, beginning to crimped, if you will. And uh, I'm going to say this, that uh, uh, about the college bowl cancellations and whatnot, uh, or let's get to the college football rankings first, because uh, I might go off on that a little bit. And uh, as far as the college football rankings are concerned, uh, they came out again on Tuesday. And uh, for the first time ever in the college football rankings, the top five teams remain the same from the get-go through yesterday. It's never been that way before. Uh, they've remained stagnant in a sense, but uh, in sensing what I see below those top five teams, Victor, I know there's been some teams that moved up, moved down. The biggest move was Miami of Florida dropping eight spots down to number 18. Colorado went all the way down four spots to number 25. Uh other little moves are minor little moves, but uh, I think there's been some injustices, if you will, on some of those teams. And you and I were talking about that just this morning. Your thoughts, Victor, on the college football rankings as they are today. You know, we touched on it very briefly last week. And if you kind of thought that the uh, playoff selection committee was giving preferential treatment to members of the Power Five conferences, I've got an update for you. They kind of <laughs> doubled down on the favoritism this last week. And there was a couple of shocking things to me that came out when the rankings uh, were released on ESPN on Tuesday night. And uh, the latest brand name bias, uh, Florida Gators dropping only one spot in the top 25 after what was easily the worst loss all season for anyone ranked in the college football top 10. They were laying more than 21 points in that home game against LSU uh, a three and five team with key players opting out and injured, a freshman quarterback making his first ever college start. And they not only didn't cover that game, they lost the game outright, the Florida Gators. And yet they drop only one spot. This is probably the wow. point, Mark, where I should point out that <laughs> yeah. Florida's athletic director 
is on the selection committee. Okay, so there's conspiracy theory number one. And what about a team like Cincinnati, which in the past two weeks has slipped from number seven to number eight to number nine while not even playing a down of football? And I I don't understand that drop. I don't understand the fact that Florida uh, fell, what, only one spot. And look, Mark, I know this is a very, very tough year to rank the teams due to the uh, disparate number of games played and the, uh, of course, lack of big-time interconference matchups that you would normally see in a college football season. But the difficulties should have been reserved for teams from the Big Ten and Big 12 that basically played half as many games as some of the other contenders. And instead, what we're seeing is the committee, again, like I said last week, rigging the system for the likes of the Floridas and the Iowa States, another two-loss team, to stay in contention at the expense of teams that have played a comparable number of games with superior records. You said it last week. Let's so spare us this body of work crap and analytics crap and data points malarkey and just call the college playoff what it is, of the rich, by the rich, and for the rich. Yes, that's exactly what it is, Victor. Uh, a good friend of mine, Howard Eskin, a uh, longtime sportscaster in Philadelphia who I've talked with, uh, going on almost 35 or 40 years now, and he's absolutely insistent that the college football playoffs are simply all about the money. And you can rest assured you're going to see the top four money-making teams that will be the biggest draw on television that will be end up settling in the final four spots. We may even have controversy to the point where a two-loss Clemson team might make the playoffs this year should mm-hmm. Notre Dame beat them this weekend. Uh, and then the, then the argument begins in a situation like that. But I think the truth is it all comes down to the money for the NCAA. They took a big, big hit when they lost uh, billions with the March Madness tournament being canceled last year. So they roll into the football season here, and they're doing everything they can to keep that game propped up and alive. And you can expect to see everything they can do when the next March Madness tournament rolls around. We'll probably see it being played at some time, maybe even even other than March, just for the sake of the money. But uh, I concur 100% with what you're saying, especially with the Cincinnati Bearcats. It's been an injustice to see this football team fall in the rankings. They've done nothing wrong. All they had to do is have weeks off because of the COVID situation. And instead of rising, they fall. And if they'd arose two spots rather than fall two spots uh, in the past few weeks, they'd be the number five team knocking on the playoff door. And who knows what happens if if somebody ahead of them loses, they could have well made the playoffs. But that may end up proving to be their motivation this particular weekend. We'll see. But uh, as always, there is controversy when it comes to the college football playoff. And there hasn't been so much of that this year, but we're seeing it here this week as we inch closer and closer to the final pairings in the college football playoffs situation. Before I move over to the NFL side of things, I want to share with our listeners what I learned last week, uh, or what I'm learning here, I should say, going into this week. And it dawned on me last night. I was working, I was up till 3.30 in the morning working on the Playbook Football Newsletter, trying to get and piece together the college football games as they are being uh, bandied about and being rescheduled. And then trying to put together a college football bowl 
write-up for the college football bowl games that for the first time ever are beginning bowl games before the regular season even ends. Uh, and it's it, it's sort of uh, upsetting to me because our college football college bowl stat report is one of the most popular things that we do. And uh, I'm wondering whether or not we're going to be able to do that this year because of the situation being what it is. But as I was in the shower this morning, it dawned on me, uh, the pandemic and all those side effects and everything that's uh, how it's affecting everybody, what affects people directly the most is how the pandemic affects them personally. Uh, not so much uh, to the degree of uh, the tragic deaths that we've lost or the people that have been hurt and harmed and lost jobs and uh, all the uh, all the horrible, horrible uh, side effects, collateral damage that's happened because of the pandemic, but everybody reacts to how it has affected them personally. And here at our playbook office, it affects us in what it is that we do because we have to do these things and make these changes because of all of these college football bowl reshuffles, uh, the regular season reshuffles, the National Football League. And we can why and cry, uh, whine and cry and complain about this till the cows come home. But the truth of the matter is, if it weren't for just ourselves personally, we should feel grateful and blessed by the fact that we've lived through this horrible pandemic and take it for what it is. It's only a sport. It's only a game that we're playing here. We're handicapping it for a living and we pour our hearts and souls into what it is that we do. But again, looking at it in the big scope of the picture here, it's just a sport. It's just a game. So as much as I might want to uh, complain about the college football bowl games being reshuffled, and there's going to be a lot of them. There have been 11 college bowl games that have been canceled so far, and we're going to see more coming down the road. I think we have to give our blessings to the men upstairs for the fact that we have been able to survive the pandemic to this point thus far and hallelujah for the uh, vaccine let's hope everybody can get a vaccine in time so that we can put this ugly mess all behind us well said man i uh, couldn't have said any better with that let's move it over to the national football league side of things and take a look at what we've got on tap this particular weekend and uh before we get into the things that we learned uh how about a quick update victor if you would on how we've done thus far in the national football league this season as far as over-unders and favorites of dogs have gone to date Right, you know, uh, this is that time of the year in the NFL, regression. Remember the first month of the season, the record-scoring pace we were on in the NFL, high-scoring games, 51.8 points per game in the first month of play. Well, basically, since then, everything has come back down to the norm in the NFL, and that that free fall for over-betters continued last week in the NFL. These days, unders are definitely the way to go. And last week was the fifth consecutive week in the NFL in which there were more unders and overs. Not only that, but it was basically the lowest scoring week of the season. Only five games went over. Eleven games went under the total in the NFL. So that's where we're at right now on the season. Now we're back to more unders and overs. 100 overs, 105 unders, three ties. And we're, of course, historically in what has been the lowest scoring month of the season anyway, the last month of December. So no surprise that we've uh, backloaded a lot of our tip sheet plays and a lot of our King Creole plays with more unders than overs in the last month of play. And we've done okay. We've done pretty good. And I see the same thing happening uh, this week as well. And in fact, this week's issue, the tip sheet will be on three games under the total. But let's also get back to the dogs if we can, Mark. Now, last week was actually a good week for the favorites in the NFL. 
Uh, probably the best week. I'm I'm looking back now. In the last seven weeks, favorites went ten and six against the spread last week. Still on the season, underdogs are at one fourteen eighty eight and two, a very solid fifty six percent for all NFL underdogs. And uh, best road dog situation on the year. Here's an eleven and one that applies to one game this week. Eleven and one ATS for all NFL road underdogs. If they're playing off a win and they're taking on a less than 500 opponent, and that applies to the Chicago Bears this week and the points against the Minnesota Vikings, active in that 11 and 1 ATS situation. And best situation for home underdogs this year 20 and 7 for all NFL home dogs taking on any opponents off of back to back wins. And that 27 applies to two games this week Denver as a home dog against Buffalo. As we're back to Saturday action in the NFL, welcome back. And the New Orleans Saints, a very, very rare home underdog in their big game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So there you have it, a good week for the favorites, but still, Mark, overall, a solid season for the dogs in the NFL. Yeah, the dogs have been grinding in the National Football League this season, despite a a little bit of a downturn last week, but... All in all, if you do like dogs, you happen to like the National Football League season and the results thus far this year. This is one of the things that I learned on the National Football League card this week. And again, it's going uh, to tie into one of our favorite listeners and a good client of ours, the Texas Tornado in Texas. And uh, I'm saying this because, ironically, uh, he sends me a note this morning and to tell me and inform me about uh, this terrible, terrible scheduling situation in a bad spot in the National Football League this week. And when I was getting ready, and I have to write the National Football League games up this right after the podcast here on Wednesday, our newsletter is going out one day late this week because of the myriad of rescheduling situations in the bowl games and whatnot. So I'll be writing the National Football League games up after the podcast here. And in getting ready for doing just that, I happen to notice a real bad scheduling spot. And don't I get an email from the Texas Tornado about a bad scheduling spot? It's a little bit ironic, but it's also a little bit in the same blood, the same vein of which really true uh, people that are really uh, uh, all in in the game when it comes to handicapping the National Football League card and happens to be this week the Buffalo Bills who are in as bad a spot as you can ask for when it comes to scheduling football games. They come off that big, big win against Pittsburgh last week. They've got a big game next week against arch rival New England in their division. And this week they happen to travel to Denver to take on the Broncos up in Mile High Stadium. This could be a real bad flat spot. I think, for the Denver Broncos, and so too does the Texas Tornado, and I just wanted to pass that along. The fact of what it was that I learned about people that are listening to the show that are really in tune to the game and uh, thinking along the same thought patterns. One other quick thought here is another good listener from our show, Jeff Kabasiak, uh, up in Canada, also dropped us an email note, and this is a really good point that he mentioned here about uh, double-digit favorites in the National Football League at this stage of the football season here. And Uh, It's a good time for Jeff to send that email because uh, we do have as maybe as many as five double-digit favorites on tap this week on the National Football League card. So I immediately opened up my database and went to look and see what double-digit favorites in the NFL do throughout the final quarter of the season, the last four games of the season from game 13 on out. And the news was kind of startling, if you'll you'll, uh, take note of this, since 1990, in the final four games of the regular season, double-digit road favorites have gone 21-35-1 and against the spread. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, will be in that role this particular week. On the flip side, double-digit home favorites throughout the final four games of the season have gone 131, 101, and six against the spread. That's a 56% situation all on the blind. And we could see as many as four teams in that particular role this week. That would be Tennessee, the Rams, Baltimore, and Green Bay. So keep those thoughts in mind. Compliments of our friend Jeff Kabasiak up in Canada when it comes to looking at double-digit favorites down the road in the National Football League as the season winds down. Before we go to break, I want to do what I always do here, and that's a quick review of the National Football League current NFL playoff picture and where teams would stand. Right now, the number one seeds would be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Kansas City, because of the Pittsburgh loss last week, inherits the number one spot and is probably likely not going to want to give that up. But a big game this week, as Victor mentioned, against New Orleans will have a lot to say with that. The number two seeds, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New Orleans Saints. Number three slots are the Buffalo Bills and the L.A. Rams. The number four teams are the Tennessee Titans and the upstart Washington football team. And kudos to them. It would be great to see Alex Smith in the playoffs if they can get that far and hold that position. Number five seeds, the Cleveland Browns, who really played a terrific football game in their loss against Baltimore on Monday night. It's hard to see a team look good in a loss, but I think the Browns did just that. The number five seed in the NFC would be the Seattle Seahawks. Number six seeds, the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And rounding it out, the number seven and final seeds would be Miami and Arizona. Those on the right on their breathing down their necks would be number eight, Baltimore and Minnesota in each conference. Number nine, Las Vegas and Chicago. And number 10, New England and Detroit. So keep those thoughts in mind when you go to making your plays on the National Football League card this weekend. Maybe they can help you get on or get off a football game, just depending upon the importance of the game. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear apart our NFL game of the week. We've got a beauty on tap in the National Football Conference. We'll do that and hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco. But we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook experts' picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. Simply visit playbook.com and click on the tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at playbook.com. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now let's throw it back to Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread of this week's college and pro football cards. It's time for our NFL featured game of the week. And we've got a dandy on tap involving two teams in critical playoff situations this week. When we hop out to the National Football Conference, the NFC Conference, when Arizona plays host to Philadelphia, Victor, how do you see the Cardinals and the Eagles shaking down this week? 
Should be an interesting game, Mark. Before I get into my over-under breakdown, uh, I don't know whether if you had a comment or not about the Monday night game between the Ravens and the Browns, but uh, a couple of numbers I have in regards to that particular game. Uh, Cleveland was a very sharp play, particularly on game day, the plus three points. Uh, I was one of many who was on the under in that particular game. That was a pretty sharp side as well. A lot of uh, sharps were on the under in that particular game. And it was definitely a game for the ages, a wild game, even though, heck, heading into the second quarter, I knew under our under had no shot. It was one of the more entertaining games I've ever seen, and that's despite me being a Cleveland Browns fan. But number one, it was the highest scoring game in the season this year. It was the third highest scoring game in Monday Night Football history with 89 combined points. Uh, there were 20 points scored in the final two minutes of the game, and that's the most points scored in the final two minutes since way back in 2013 when the Ravens played the Vikings. It was the first NFL game to end on a safety since 2016. It was also the first game in NFL history with a final score of 47-42. to 42. So despite the loss... Very entertaining. Did you have any thoughts on the game, Mark, before we get into our NFL game of the week? Uh, entertaining it was, Victor, but uh, let's hop into our game of the week, and uh, sure. maybe we'll circle circle back around that after we do the preview. Let's get into it, and it is Arizona versus Philadelphia, and the line is making the move. Open 47.5 for the Cardinals and Eagles, up to 49.5 as we're recording the podcast today on Wednesday, so it's it's made a move up a solid two points. Now, we got a good offense in Arizona, number four in the NFL at 389 yards per game. But taking on a number 26 offense that just made a significant quarterback change in the Philadelphia Eagles. On the season, both teams come in with identical over-under records of five and eight over-under for the Eagles they went 4-2 and two to the over in their first six games of the season, but in their last seven games, only one over, six unders. The average game has gone under by minus 4.5 points. And the Cardinals, we've been riding Cardinal unders now for pretty much the last month of play. We were on the under last week in their game against the Giants and hit that one pretty easy. So they're on a 1-3 and three over under run in their last four games. One thing I will say about the Cardinals is that They've had quite a disparity in home and road results this year. Their home games have gone 4-2 and two to the over, but a gaudy average of 59.7 combined points per game, while their road games have gone 1-6 over under with an average of 43.3 points per game. That's uh, 14 points less than their home games. Uh, it's a defense that right now I'd say is uh, leaking oil a little bit. They've given up 28 or more points, the Cardinals, in five of their last six games. The question that tolls betters are going to ask themselves is, can Philadelphia capitalize against uh, this D that is faltering as of late? And I don't know if they can. They haven't topped more than 24 points since the middle of October, this Philadelphia offense. That's seven straight games. Uh, historically, Philadelphia is a solid under team at home, but they put up some pretty good over numbers on their own. In fact, in the, their last 24 rolls as road underdogs, they've gone 16 and 8 over under, but this is a what have you done for me lately world, and uh, 
their last four games as a road underdog. They've actually gone one and three over under. I'm liking me the under in this game, and I'm going to continue to follow the line move and hope it tops 50 or more points before I make my move on the under. A series which has gone one and five over under in their last six games with an average of only 43.2 points per game. From our database, Mark, NFC East teams playing on the road against NFC West opponents. This season, these games have already gone one and five over under. That's one over five unders. And the average uh, margin has been minus 7.6 points per game. So we're going to play for that particular pattern to continue. And with finally, with Philadelphia off a road dog win, an impressive win after the, uh, against the Saints, I might add. I'm sure he'll touch on that a little bit. And Arizona's off a big road favorite win. This has gone 2-14 and 14 now over the last five seasons. All NFL underdogs off a road dog win. That would be Philadelphia versus any opponent off a straight of an ATS road favorite win. That would be Arizona. When all is said and done, I think there will be some value on this game under the total mark, particularly if it gets to 50 or more. Either way, we're going under with the Cardinals playing the Eagles in the late afternoon kickoffs. Victor looking to go under 50 points. He'll wait it out and see if the 50 shows to go under in the Eagles-Cardinals game on Sunday for his over-under side in the contest. Big football game for both teams here. Obviously, Philadelphia, while they currently rank number 14, or number 13, I should say, overall in the current NFL playoff picture, the fact of the matter is they're really more closer to being in the playoffs than that because if they can win the NFC East Division, they'll be in as the number four seed. And they're in the hunt, in the thick of it, with Washington and the New York Giants. So this game becomes obviously huge to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm going to also mention the fact that it's been 15 years since any team has repeated in the NFC East to win the division, which Philadelphia did last year. So they've got to overcome that hurdle as well coming into the contest. The big news for the Eagles was the insertion of Jalen Hurts into the quarterback position last week. And it proved to be masterful as he led them to a victory, a big win, if you will, upsetting New Orleans at home in the contest. Uh, and it was a markedly uh, improved performance that the Eagles got out of Jalen Hurts as opposed to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has been sacked 50 times, five zero times through his first 10 games of the season. And at least three times in 11 of Philadelphia's 12 games this year for a minus 326 yards. That's 30 yards a game average that Carson Wentz has been sacked. You cannot give another team 30 yards and spot them before you take the football playing field. And that's the reason Philadelphia is down and swirling like they are this football season here. In fact, under uh, head coach Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, in his five years, the Eagles are 11-3 and three without Wentz in the lineup, just 35-33-1 with Wentz. Philadelphia has Dallas and Washington on deck. They're 1-5 straight up and against the spread on the road this year are the Eagles, and this could very well be a case of a Game 2 sophomore blues for Jalen Hurts, and all of a sudden out that big start when they rallied around, and we'll see what he can do when he takes out onto the road in the NFL for his first road start in game number two. Arizona comes in as the current number seven seed in the National Football League playoffs, the seventh and final seed. They've dominated the Eagles of late in the series, 6-1 and one straight up, 3-0 and oh against a spread at home. And more important, the Arizona Cardinals have held two 
of their last three opponents to season-low yardage marks. The defense is beginning to kick in for Arizona here as they just shook an 0-3 straight up an ATS losing streak with a winning cover last week. And teams who do that and come home are in real nice point spread situations according to our well-oiled database. With the fact that uh, you take a look of Arizona playing down the stretch from game 13 on out when they're playing with revenge, they're a perfect 9-0 to the spread against teams that come off underdog straight-up wins. With that, we'll lean to the Arizona Cardinals in this game against Philadelphia as we see Philadelphia coming back to earth real quick after upsetting New Orleans last week. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments on the show as we get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco joining us as he does each and every week from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, going to welcome you to the show once again, as always, and I hope you had a good week last week and you're looking forward to a better week this week as well. Uh, Mark, I did, and I am, and uh, I did want to point out one other interesting thing. I know that you indicated a slight lean to Arizona. Uh, the one concern I have there is you look at Phil- what Philadelphia has done over the last four games of the season the past two years, something like 7-1 and one straight up, and now they're, uh, I'm sorry, 8-1 and one with the upset over New Orleans the other day, so now they're getting points. So it'll be an interesting matchup of two strong opposing situations uh, for teams in the same game, both of which are battling for playoff spots. Good point, Andy. I'm glad you brought that out. To me, it's it's a Doug Peterson trait, uh, what it seems like, uh, Philadelphia down the stretch, which is one of the reasons he's led them to the playoffs and been successful as their head coach. But we will see what happens this particular week as they take on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And if you haven't done so yet, I encourage you to download his weekly newsletter, the, the Logical Approach. You can do so at TheLogicalApproach.com just in time for all the games this weekend. Do yourself a favor and get Andy's newsletter this week. And with that, Andy, how about if we hop out to the contests that are going on in Las Vegas as we do each and every week? And I know it's getting to be down the stretch, money-making time for a lot of these uh, players in the contest here with just three weeks remaining in the National Football League regular season. How is everything shaking out from what you've seen so far in Las Vegas at the Classic, at the uh, Stardust, uh, not the Stardust, I'm sorry, the Superbook Classic, and also at the Circa how are these contests doing as we head down the stretch? Well, Mark, at the uh, Super Contest Classic, it's beginning to look like we may have a secretariat in our midst because the leader this week after 70 games or 70 selections, 70 games, meaning just three weeks and 15 selections to go, the one leader uh, has a four-length or four-point lead over the second-place contestant. The leader is at 20, is at, excuse me, 48, 20, and 2. That's 49 out of a possible 70 points, which we which equates to exactly a 70% winning percentage. As I mentioned, good enough for a four-point lead over one contestant in second at 45 points. There are two contestants a half point back at 44 and a half, and three more a, fur, a half point further back at 44, meaning that there are uh, just a total of seven contestants within five points of catching the leader, or five points of the lead entering uh, week number 15. 62.9% is the winning percentage for those seven contestants uh, at or within uh, five points of the lead. Break it down a little bit further. There are a total of 32 contestants out of the field of 1,172 entries that are at 42 points or more, which equates to a 60% winning percentage. 
and the con- and the contest itself pays the top 100 places and ties. And currently, 107 contestants, a little bit under 10% of the field, will uh, uh, right now be in cashing position. Uh, that e- and and their record in order to be amongst uh, the bottom of that 107 uh, in the ties for the final few pay- paying spots. 40 and a half out of 70 points, meaning it's taking just 57.1% winners thus far through uh, 14 weeks to be in cashing position at the Super Contest. Uh, the uh, the uh, consensus last week, 3 and 2 in the top 5 selections uh, for the year. That's 35, 36, and 1. Uh, the uh, top play in the consensus last week was a winner with Baltimore. Uh, they were laying only one point in the contest, so that safety at the end did not impact the contest result. It impacted basically everybody else's result in that game. For the year, the consensus, uh, the, uh, the top number one selection each week, 7-6-1. and one. The fourth quarter contest now two weeks in. I believe it's games 13 through 17 at the uh, Super Contest. One contestant alone in first place at 10-0. and 0. There are 12 more a game behind at the 9-1, and 1, and after that, 39 at 8-2. and 2. Looking at the Super Contest Gold, uh, that's the $5,000 winner-take-all entry fee, 72 contestants, so they're playing for what would be a profit of $355,000 in addition to the five that they ponied up. The consensus last week actually had a three-way tie for the first most popular selection. and It's not unusual to expect ties when you're only having 72 contestants. Uh, a lot of teams are going to be uh, tightly bunched, and that was the case last week. Uh, those uh, total of uh, six top plays, the uh, four, five, and six were the same uh, number of contestants on that uh, side. Uh, four and two in the uh, top five selections for the week. That's 40. 32-1. and one. Very nice job for the top five contestants. In the Super Contest Gold, 42, excuse me, 40, 32, and 1 for the season. The top play also, the Baltimore Ravens, was a winner. So 8, 5, and 1 for the top selection in the Super Contest Gold for this season. The leader, 45, 23, and 2. That's a 46 points out of a possible 70, 65.7% winning percentage. Good enough for a one-point lead over one contestant at 45 points. One contestant, two and a half points further back at 42 and a half, and two more at 42. Uh, those are um, uh, the those are the only contestants hitting 60%. So uh, five out of 72 hitting 60%. With those within five points of the lead, there are two more at 41 and a half, and one at 41. So a total of only eight contestants. Out of the 72, now within five points of the lead, meaning it's 58.8% to be in contention with a chance of uh, tying for the lead uh, this uh, this week if uh, if one contest if the leader goes 0 and 5, which uh, does not seem to be the case very often. Turning to the uh, well, let's throw in the results for the reboot, which is the second half of the season contest at the Westgate. That one carries a $500 entry fee. You uh, play weeks 9 through 17, so. Uh, some folks who may not have been aware want to plan for it next year. If you're unsure about how the season unfolds, but you figure, oh, well, around midseason, you got a pretty good handle on things, you can enter the uh, reboot contest. 153 entries this year. The one leader for for the first uh, three weeks uh, of the uh, first six weeks of the contest, 21 and nine. That's 70 percent uh, for weeks nine through uh, 14. 
Uh, the uh, circle, let's turn over to the uh, Circa Million, which had 3,148 entries this year at $1,000 a pop. Uh, thus far, uh, the consensus, 4-1 and one last week, 38-32 and 32 for the season. The number one play was New Orleans. That play lost for the season. The top selection overall, just 7-7 seven and seven against the uh, point spread. Uh, for the season, there are two co-leaders at 48 points out of a possible 70. That works out to 68.6% winning percentage. Two more a half point further back at 47.5. Two further behind them at 47. Overall, there are 39 contestants within five points of the lead, and uh, that would be a total of 43 points to be in that group of 39 contestants within five of the lead, which is slightly more than 60%, 60.1% to have a chance to catch the leader this week. There are 47 uh, contestants who are at 42 points or more, which would be exactly 60%, and would actually also be in current paying position. The circuit contest, unlike the, uh, uh, the Westgate this year, the circuit contest pays the top 50 and ties right now 47 uh, con uh, excuse me uh, 47 contestants are uh, at uh, uh, in full paying position 34 more are within uh, uh, with uh, are, are uh, tied for positions 48 to 50 which would be exactly 60 percent it's actually 60.7 percent to be amongst the 47 who would get full prizes for the spots that they occupy or are tied with, with uh, uh, as I mentioned, 34 more, uh, excuse me, 42 more actually uh, splitting the final three uh, places as far as prize money is concerned. Uh, for the fourth quarter prize, six are at a perfect 10 and 0. And now to the contest that has become very popular uh, discussion point throughout the season. We'll I'll be very surprised or very interested in seeing what the uh, uh, what the draw is next year for this contest, the Survivor Contest, the traditional last man standing, king of the hill. You pick one game a week, one team a week, no points involved. They just have to win to advance. Uh, this contest uh, began with 1,390 entries. They are now down to just 82. There were 89 alive heading into week 14. 82 of them advanced. Everybody made a pick this week. Seven of them, however, made the wrong pick. Five were eliminated with their pick on the New Orleans Saints. Two more were eliminated with their pick on Carolina at home against the uh, Denver Broncos being upset. And finally, the booby prize, $100,000 for the contestant who makes a pick for all 85, so 85 games, all uh, uh, 17 weeks in the main Circa Million contest. And uh, the lone, I guess you'd have to say leader, even though you wouldn't look at it this way, 22 and 48 of the 70%. Uh, so a little bit opposite, uh, well, actually exactly opposite what the overall leader is doing. It'd be interesting to see if it's the same person. I didn't check on that who went, who has 48 out of 70 correct and 48 out of 70 uh, wrong. So that works out to a winning percentage for the booby prize, 22 and 48. 31.4% uh, would be worth $100,000 at this point with three weeks and 15 selections remaining in these contests. Andy, with an update from the Classic and the Circa Contest, both at the Westgate Superbook and the Circa Sportsbook. And as we head down the final stretch for the final three weeks of the 2020 season with those contests nearing the finish line. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. As I mentioned, publisher of one of the best football newsletters in the market. Log on today at 
TheLogicalApproach.com to download your newsletter just in time for the games this weekend. And Andy, if we would, as we always do on the show this week, how about a uh, little bit of a look at the look-ahead lines that Jay Cornegay sends out from the Superbook in Las Vegas and maybe some movements that have happened from the previous look-ahead lines that he sent out as well. Sure, Mark. Let's take a look first at some of the uh, significant or interesting uh, line moves uh, that occurred after the uh, early lines were posted a week ago for uh, this uh, uh, this coming week. Uh, we'll start with uh, one of the games on Saturday, Green Bay hosting Carolina. The uh, The advance line was 9.5. That game was actually bet down to Green Bay 7.5 prior to uh, the kickoff of this past Sunday games when uh, Carolina was upset at home by Denver and Green Bay won uh, in a workmanlike manner at uh, uh, at uh, Detroit. Uh, when the line was reposted uh, Monday, uh, excuse me, Sunday evening, uh, they went back closer, not to where it had moved to the 7.5, but a half point down from the 9.5 at which it had, uh, uh, it had initially opened. So not much of a reaction to uh, Carolina's poor effort and Green Bay's decent effort in the game. They uh, ignored what the public had done in moving the line uh, two points, and they actually just made a half-point adjustment. Uh, the New York Jets at the Los Angeles Rams, the look-ahead line 13.5 by the Rams, when they took that line down and reposted it Sunday afternoon after the Jets were walloped in Seattle and uh, the uh, uh, the Rams had uh, their contest last Thursday against uh, New England, uh, the Rams were 16.5-point favorites, a three-point adjustment, which is a lot but not as significant when you're talking about a double-digit line as opposed to a three-point adjustment that would occur if a line were adjusted from, say, two to five or something along those lines, but still significant because it does uh, cross over the key number of 14 and ultimately hit the key number of 17 before settling back at 16 and a half. Uh, the Miami Dolphins game uh, was an interesting one. I mentioned New England uh, looked poor uh, in their uh, uh, game against uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Rams last Thursday night, and Miami was competitive in their effort against uh, uh, Kansas City on Sunday. The look-ahead line had Miami a three-point favorite, uh, the line was bet down to two and a half before it came off the board before Miami's game on uh, Sunday. When it was reposted uh, at uh, Sunday evening, it was reposted at the same number it was posted at last week, three. And the public did the same thing. They took the three with uh, with uh, New England and moved it down to two and a half where the line was before it was taken off prior to the uh, Dolphins game on Sunday. Quarterback issue affected the Seattle at Washington line. The quarterback concerns with Alex Smith of Washington uh, as they host Seattle. Seattle was a uh, three-point favorite when the line came up a week ago Tuesday, bet up to three and a half. It opened at three and a half, uh, even though there was some uncertainty, and apparently the uncertainty was enough to have the public move that line or bet that line up to a six. Uh, where it uh, currently hovers at this point. One very interesting move. I talked about a three-point adjustment. Chicago at Minnesota. This one's interesting. If you recall, these teams met uh, a few weeks ago in uh, uh, in, in Chicago, and uh, it was a game in which the uh, line closed Minnesota a three-point road favorite. Well, now back at home for the rematch, Minnesota opened a six-and-a-half-point home favorite, and uh, they were bet down to minus six before the game came off the board. However, when the line was reposted, Minnesota was made only a three-and-a-half point uh, home favorite uh, after Minnesota lost at uh, uh, Tampa Bay and Chicago uh, put that uh, uh, whipping uh, uh, this past week uh, against uh, uh, Houston. 
one more game worth noting is the Sunday night game between San Francisco and Dallas. Uh, the uh, game opened with the uh, 49ers, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. They were bet up to three-and-a-half when the game came off the board. And then, interestingly, it was posted as a pick'em. And at that point, the money came in within the first few hours and moved it back up to San Francisco, minus two. It's since gone up another point up to San Francisco, uh, minus three. Now, those are the key line moves that uh, were interested uh, that were interesting insofar as adjustments to the initially posted line for week 15. Now let's take a look at the advanced lines for week 16, the penultimate week of the regular season. Has games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, just uh, like this week, including three on Saturday, December 26th. Christmas Day will feature Minnesota at the New Orleans Saints, the Saints, six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Uh, the first game on Saturday, December 26th, no line for Tampa Bay visiting Detroit due to the uncertain status of Matthew Stafford, the Detroit quarterback. San Francisco at Arizona, the Cardinals, three-point home favorites. And this one, I don't know what, uh, they have a wrong line here on the advanced shutout. They have another game between Buffalo and Denver. Maybe that is a mistake from uh, carrying over. That game is being played this Saturday, so we won't go there. Uh, Sunday, December 27th, Denver will be at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, the Chargers two-and-a-half-point home favorites. Cleveland, 10-point road favorite. Who are they playing? Has to be the New York Jets. Cincinnati at Houston, the Houston Texans favored by eight and a half over the Bengals. Pittsburgh, a three-point home favorite over the Indianapolis Colts. Chicago favored by three and a half on the road at Jacksonville. The Washington football team, three-point home favorites over the Carolina Panthers. Baltimore will host the New York Giants, the Ravens at home favored by nine and a half. Kansas City, a 12 and a half point home favorite uh, versus the visiting Atlanta Falcons. Seattle, a two-point home favorite in their rematch with division rival Rams. Philadelphia is at Dallas. That game is a pick'em. Tennessee at Green Bay. That's the Sunday night game on December 27th. Green Bay, a four-and-a-half-point home favorite over the Titans. And Monday, December 28th, Buffalo at New England. Buffalo, a four-and-a-half-point uh, road favorite. That could be a game where, depending upon what happens this week and on the previous Sunday, uh, with uh, Buffalo could clinch the AFC East uh, title. They're battling with Miami. Uh, one thing is certain, uh, New England's long domination of the division has come to an end. It certainly appears that way, uh, Andy. The New England Patriots no longer the dominant team in the AFC, let alone the AFC East division. And I'm sure a lot of that ties into the Tom Brady no longer being there, Tom Brady being 44 years old, and Bill Belichick, Better days probably in the rear view mirror. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas for our weekly Vegas Vibe, as Andy uh, supplies to us each and every week, of which we're thankful for. And Andy, before we let you go, I know our listeners love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play on the NFL card this week. Sure. And before, before getting there, let me mention the one game that I left out with, that I've not seen an updated report yet is the Week 16 game where our Las Vegas Raiders are hosting the Miami Dolphins, a game that has pl that at that time, depending on what happens this week, 
should have playoff implications for both teams. Raiders uh, wasting opportunities the last couple of weeks to uh, catch up. And Miami, uh, again, losing uh, uh, at Kansas City, but still in control of uh, uh, of the uh, last wild card spot in the uh, AFC. And in fact, speaking of the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to use the Miami-New England game as uh, my play this week. These teams have met 33 times since 2004, and Miami was favored uh, just once. In fact, uh, looking at the uh, games between uh, their second meeting in 2003 to their first meeting in 2013, uh, Miami was either an underdog or, in one situation, a pick'em in 20 straight games before being a two-and-a-half-point uh, home favorite in uh, the second meeting in 2013. And the Dolphins actually won that game 24-20. to That's a very long streak of not being favored. And since that win in 2013, they've not been favored until uh, this matchup, including, by the way, even in 2008, when these teams, uh, when, when Miami and New England tied at 11-5, and Miami won the division, New England missed the playoffs. That was the year Brady was injured in the first half of Game 1. These teams met in uh, Game 12 of the season in Miami, and even with New England shorthanded, they were still a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, despite the fact that both were contending for the AFC East title that season. Uh, but since the win uh, my, since the win in 2013, when the, the last time they were favored, uh, Miami's 5-7, and seven, both straight up and against the spread against the points, and again, always as an underdog. The last three upset wins have been in season rematches, meaning the second meeting of the season, including as a 17-point underdog last year and 9-point underdog uh, the previous season. Uh, Miami was competitive in last week's loss to Kansas City. Uh, this year, they're also 3-0 and as home favorites, and this will be their final home game as they play their final two games on the, uh, on the road. Uh, New England is rested, uh, but last week's loss at the Ram may have ended, not their division hopes, those pretty much gone at the time, but their player ho- playoff hopes entirely. Yeah, it's Bill Belichick coaching against the former assistant, in this case, Brian Flores. But remember, last year, in his first season, the student beat the teacher with a much weaker uh, Miami team. And New England, of course, with Tom Brady and Gronk, that was a much stronger team last year. Uh, Miami, as I mentioned, playing to hold on to the third AFC wild card. These teams have played very similar schedules this year, and the Dolphins have fared better against the uh, common foes. In fact, their plus 85 points differential is fourth best in the AFC. New England, meanwhile, their differential, minus two. Miami's 245 points allowed is second in the entire NFL, with only Pittsburgh having allowed fewer, and that by just eight, 237. Uh, Miami's allowed one point less than the Rams, who are third best. Uh, This should be uh, a well-played game, and if you look defensively, Miami just faced the number one offense in the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, although the defense was yielding, they were able to be reasonably competitive at, uh, uh, in, in, in certain situations. Now they're facing the Patriots, and this year the Patriots, very much a below-average team offensively by most metrics, ranking in the low to mid-20s in most categories. I'm looking at Miami to win this game, probably a low-scoring game uh, with the you know totals probably maybe hovering around the 40-point mark. I think uh, Miami wins this game. I've got them winning by seven points, covering the two-and-a-half, I'll be interested to see if in the uh, betting action leading up to kickoff, if this line goes down further, uh, betting on history and Belichick, or if it favors the current form and goes up to laying a three three points with the uh, Dolphins. Andy Isco on the Miami Dolphins as he looks for that flickering late 
set to about go out for the New England Patriots, and it could happen this week when they take on the Miami Dolphins down here in South Beach. Miami Dolphins for Andy Isco for his complimentary play on the show this week. And Andy, a great job on the show as always. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week. Hope the ball bounces your way, and we'll look forward to visiting with you once again next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Mark, thanks very much. I wish you, Victor, and of course all the listeners once again just a great, enjoyable, and safe weekend. Thank you so much, Andy. That was Andy Esco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And don't go away, guys. When Victor and I come back, we'll put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and complimentary plays from both myself and Victor when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in Games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome Awesome. angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week this week in college football. We call it the Breakfast of Champions. And with the college football championship games being played this weekend, we thought we'd share this angle with you. What we want to do is to play on any team in a conference championship game that's coming off a loss if they're facing an opponent coming off a win who allows more than 18 points a game. These hungry teams off a loss against satisfied opponents off a win with a so-so defense. By playing on these teams, we've gone 9-1 against the spread since 2000 in the conference championship games. That's a 90% winning angle. This week, we'll be playing on both Marshall and Oregon for our Breakfast of Champions awesome angle play on the football card this week. And with that, let's hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this week and his complimentary play, if you would, Victor. Sure can, Mark. We've got a big one going in the NFL this week for our service, our five-star game of the month. It's an over-under selection. It's a game in which we are going over the total, and that uh, best bet will be posted at the playbook.com website on Wednesday evening. And for our free play of the week, we got to go back to our hot boy, Tuco. He must have some sort of an angel on his shoulder because he continues to find ways to win at the very end. This last week, it was a Las Vegas Raiders touchdown, a backdoor touchdown with 55 seconds left in the game. They got it up to 27 points in that home loss against the Colts. Uh, Tuco hits another over last week with the Raiders. And, uh, hey, man, he's done what a couple of uh, only a few people have done, and that is leave Las Vegas as a winner. And that's what Tuco did. And after that last-second victory, the 
The best line actually came from my wife, Sandy, when she said, Sin City is now Tuco's bitch. So uh, there you go. Uh, Tuco heads to the Big Easy this week, and he's cashed over winners with many great offenses this season, Packers, Titans, Ravens, Rams, Vikings, and he's very, very excited to play another one. In this case, it'll be the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one team on offense this year over their team total of 27.5 points as, again, they head to the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Saints. The timing is pretty good for this one after two subpar weeks on offense. KC uh, had a very revealing offensive outcome last week against a very, very good Miami defense. In fact, Miami was the number one scoring defense in the NFL heading into that week. And the Chiefs busted loose with 33 points, 448 yards. So, again, very revealing. Yeah, they're taking on a good defense this week. But what they did against Miami last week was very impressive. Uh, So far this year, NFL road favorites of a field goal or more with a very high over-under line of 50 or more have averaged 31.6 points per game. And also this season, AFC West division road teams like the Chiefs have averaged 30.2 points per game when playing NFC South division opponents. For the host Saints, we note that this will be the first time ever that they have faced quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And again, I remarked that New Orleans is playing a very good brand of defense these days. But I think a lot of those stats are skewed, skewed by the fact that they played some bad offenses like Philadelphia, like Chicago, like San Francisco, and their numbers are heavily skewed based on that weird game against Denver they played, what, three weeks ago when Denver was down to their you know fifth quarterback and half the team wasn't playing because of the COVID. So let's not uh, uh, forget the fact that in their two games against top 10 offenses this year, the Saints have allowed 32.0 points per game. And in their rare role as a home underdog of a field goal or more, the Saints have allowed 33.0 points per game over the last 15 seasons. So our boy Tuco is heading down to the Big Easy. He's playing the Kansas City Chiefs over their team total of 27.5 points. And don't forget our five-star over of the month in the NFL. It'll be available at playbook.com on Wednesday evening. Victor with that big five-star NFL overplay available Wednesday evening at playbook.com. Be sure to put yourself in position to join the winner circle with Victor this weekend. And with that, before I get to my complimentary play on the football card this week, A quick note from our friends at mybookie.ag that you can still get up to a 10% sign-up bonus just in time for the college football bowl games and the NFL playoffs down the road when you enter the promo code PLAYBOOK at mybookie.ag. Or you can give them a call toll-free. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get your up to 10% sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. Just a quick note before I get to my complimentary play, a reminder that my College Football Conference Championship Play of the Year will go this weekend. We're documented 6-1 all-time on this play. We were 6-0 until we were tripped up last year 
when we used Georgia over LSU and came up short in the football game. We don't expect to drop two years in a row on this play. It's all part of another $69 weekend of winners. We went 4-1 and one last weekend with our weekend of winners. You can get on board by logging it on at playbook.com or call me toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football card this week, we're going to go inside the Pac-12 conference and grab up the points with Oregon State against Arizona State in a season-ending matchup, quite likely for both football teams. Oregon State comes in 2-4 and four on the season, Arizona State 1-2, and two. so likely both of these football teams will neither be in the playoffs unless, of course, Arizona State wins the game and qualifies as a 2-2 two and two team, or Oregon State wins in the Bowl, and the bowl committees like them as a 3-4 and four team, but we'll see what happens here. Oregon State has dominated the Sun Devils at home in the series. They've gone 11-3-1 against the spread. In fact, they've been quite well, quite good to the money since the beginning of last year. Oregon State, they're on a 12-5 and five point spread run since the beginning of the 2019 football season here. This is a matchup, I feel, of a coaching mismatch in Jonathan Smith from Oregon State, who has really got the Beavers vastly improved against Herm Edwards, who coaches a lot on name and reputation. If you take a look at Herm Edwards, he's just 8-19-1 against the spread as a head coach with the Sun Devils, and in fact, only 2-6-1 to the spread when he's laid points since becoming their head coach. I'll back the dog making better strides in this football matchup. We'll play Oregon State for a complimentary play on the football card this weekend. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas for joining us. And until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>